here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I got to tell you, folks, I spent part of the day watching this hearing uh, in the uh, Jim Jordan committee, and these whistleblowers, these FBI whistleblowers come forward and testify, And they put their necks on the line. They put their careers on the line. Two of them are combat veterans. One of them is an African-American. But for the Democrats, it doesn't matter. There wasn't a single question asked by a Democrat. Not a single question asked by a Democrat that sought in any way to get to the bottom of what any of these whistleblowers had to say. Every, I mean, this operation over at the FBI is brutal. It's vicious. In fact, every one of these whistleblowers, as a result of blowing the whistle, were retaliated against. Some of them in horrendous ways. Really quite, quite appalling. And this isn't the first time you've seen this same committee with the Democrats trash the independent journalists like Taibbi and Schellenberg. They are covering up for the FBI. They're covering up for the Stasi-like activities of the FBI. And why is that? That's because the FBI has become an appendage to the Democrat Party. The FBI is interfering now in its fourth election. Its fourth election. 2016, Dorm did a better job than I could. 2020, 2022, and now this one. With the investigations of Trump. 
And what the Democrats are trying to do is they're trying to tell rank-and-file FBI agents and other personnel, don't you dare come forward. Don't you dare come forward because we're going to brutalize you. We're going to brutalize you. You know, the left used to hate the FBI. The left used to condemn the FBI. Now they love it. Because the FBI, for all intents and purposes, is now controlled by the left. I I never thought I'd say it, but it's true. I never thought I'd live to see the day, but I see it, don't you? And they didn't want to hear a thing from these these agents. And Wasserman Schultz, she's in there trashing one of them for writing a book, which, of course, Democrats and their whistleblowers never do. Listen to what the man has to say rather than character assassinating him. And I also noticed a lot of these questions that these Democrats were asking. It sounded like they were fed to them by the FBI. By the FBI. It's important that you hear some of this because we're really, we're beyond looking into the abyss. We are in the abyss. We're trying to claw our way out now, and we're not going to be able to claw our way out until everybody, or at least most of us, understand what we're confronting here. The Democrat Party is the party of totalitarianism. There's simply no question about it. In every respect. In every respect. Marcus Allen is an FBI whistleblower. In part, here's what he said. Cut one, go. Despite my history of unblemished service to the United States, the FBI suspended my security clearance, accusing me of actually being disloyal to my country. This outrageous and insulting accusation is based on unsubstantiated accusations that I hold conspiratorial views regarding the events of January 6, 2021, and that I allegedly sympathize with criminal conduct. I do not. I was not in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, played no part in the events of January 6th, and I condemn all criminal activity that occurred. Instead, it appears that I was retaliated against because I forwarded information to my superiors and others that questioned the official narrative of the events of January 6th. As a result, I was accused of promoting conspiratorial views and unreliable information. Because I did this, the FBI questioned my allegiance to the United States. Since I was suspended, there's been a dearth of communication from the FBI, with interactions seemingly only being forced by actions from my counsel or members of Congress. Mm -hmm. This uh, gentleman is African-American. Not that that matters, but it matters to the Democrats. But it didn't matter in the sense that uh, they didn't come to his defense. They trashed him. You hear what kind of a quality person this is. And, of course, he's questioned by the Democrats. He's attacked by the Democrats on the committee. I'm looking, Mr. Producer, for the cut where they confuse who he is. Um, Let's see here. Let's go to cut nine. So what happens here, folks, is that the idiot Democrat 
Linda Sh- uh, Sanchez at California. She had an idiot sister who was once a congressman, too. She and her probably her staff, they look at Twitter <clears throat> and they see somebody named Marcus Allen. Marcus A970, who has posted things on Twitter. And she assumes it's this Marcus Allen, the combat veteran, the FBI agent. And listen to this. Just listen to this. Cut nine. Go. Thank you. Mr. Allen, have you ever used Twitter? Yes or no? I have utilized Twitter. Yes. Okay. And is your account at Marcus A970506645? That is absolutely not my account. Okay, that's not your account. Well, on December 5th, 2022, an account under the name Marcus Allen retweeted a tweet that said, That is not my account, ma'am. You haven't let me finish the question, sir. might have been the football player. You haven't let me finish the question. And the time is mine. On December 5th, 2022, an account under the name of Marcus Allen retweeted a tweet that said, quote, Nancy Pelosi staged January 6th Retweet if you agree, end quote. Do you agree with that statement? Yes or no? That that is I don't no ma'am. That's not my account at all. I have I'm no asking idea. whether you agree with that statement, yes or no. Can you please rephrase the statement? Yeah. Do you think the that lady has expired. staged January sixth? I just want him to answer. He'll answer, this last he'll answer. Question. Yeah, he'll answer. I'm just telling you your time's up. Do you believe that Nancy Pelosi, do you agree with the statement that this person tweeted that Nancy Pelosi staged January 6th? Yes I, or I no? No. <laughs> and, and you know what? She's not even embarrassed. She's not even humiliated. It's not, is that not shocking to you? Of course it is. These are the dimwits. She wasn't there to glean any information. She was on the attack, and she had bad information, and she stayed on the attack. That's Chavez from California. I'm sure they're very proud of their Congress idiot, Linda Chavez. Now, Tristan Levitt. He's with a group in power, oversight, whistleblowers, and research. He's the president of it. And um, listen to this. Cut to go. In light of all these obstacles for FBI whistleblowers, you would think Congress would do everything that it could to welcome their disclosures here. But FBI employees coming to Congress have unfortunately been shamefully treated by Democrats on this committee. It's one thing to hear allegations and find them unpersuasive or even distasteful. An office can even ignore those allegations if they choose. That's their prerogative. But to go out and actively smear the individuals making disclosures is far worse. That's what the Democrats on this committee did when they released a March 2nd report entitled GOP Witnesses, what their disclosures indicate about the state of the Republican investigations. That report was inaccurate, both on the law and on the facts. The law doesn't define the term whistleblower. Instead, it protects from retaliation individuals who engage in protected activity. You hear that? So the Democrats, they put out a report. Attacking the whistleblowers. In March. Now, how did they get their information? Who did they work with? Who did they collude with? Well, you know who they did. Steve Friend was another FBI whistleblower who testified today. Cut three, go. I pray that all members consider the information I and my fellow whistleblowers present 
You may think I'm a political partisan. You may think I'm a grifter. You may think I'm a conspiracy theorist. It does not matter. Simply put, this committee should avoid the temptation to impugn the character and the motivations of the messengers seated before you. I sacrifice my dream job to share this information with the American people. I humbly ask all the members to do your jobs and consider the merit of what I have presented. So they went right after him, Wasserman Schultz, that he has a book coming out. So therefore, he must be a fraud. How many people are hacking Trump had books coming out? Out of the FBI. They got cushy jobs in the media. One more before the break. Garrett O'Boyle, another FBI whistleblower. These are courageous people who come forward, who speak, who are willing to be questioned, to engage in debate, not backbencher, backstabbing SOBs. I have to deal with that myself. Cut four, go. I've been smeared as a malcontent and subpar FBI employee. This smear stands in stark contrast to my life in public service. This smear campaign, disgusting as it is, is unsurprising. Despite our oath to uphold the Constitution, too many in the FBI aren't willing to sacrifice for the hard right over the easy wrong. They see what becomes of whistleblowers, how the FBI destroys their careers, suspends them under false pretenses, takes their security clearances and pay with no true options for real recourse or remedy. This is by design. It creates an Orwellian atmosphere that silences opposition and discussion. We know what is right to do, yet we too often refuse to do what is right because of the difficulty and suffering it incurs. I couldn't knowingly continue on this path silently without speaking out against the weaponization I witnessed, even if it meant losing my job, my career, my livelihood, my family's home, and now my anonymity. It's up to members of this committee, current and former FBI employees, and indeed all Americans, to ensure that the weaponization of our own government against the people comes to an end, no matter the personal cost. And their personal costs have been extreme. Many of them put on leave without pay. Uh, One gentleman explained that they lost their house and they were homeless for a week. I mean, it goes on and on and on. But there's a lot more, and I want you to hear it. I'll be right back. Lovin. Now, I know you guys are worried. Federal Reserve staff said banking crises fallout could push the economy into recession this year. But you can do something about that. Learn how to protect the retirement you worked really hard for. I think a great way is to diversify with gold and specifically a gold IRA. That's right, physical gold in your IRA. My favorite gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals. You got to call these guys and learn how a gold IRA can help you. So if you've saved 100000 or more in a 401k or an IRA, call Augusta Precious Metals and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Tell them Mark sent you, and they'll give you a free gold coin when you open a gold IRA. Call Augusta Precious Metals today, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions. Get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. What a great company. It's really incredible, the uh, iron fist, the Democrat Party, and 
and the FBI are using here, and the media sit there and cheer it all on. It's, it's, it's the unraveling of a republic. So Garrett O'Boyle, one of the FBI whistleblowers, he's asked a question by Representative Kelly Armstrong. Cut five, go. If one of your really good friends, your former colleagues, came to you and said, I have this thing that is being covered up, and I think the American people know to, know, need to know about it, what advice would you give them? I would tell them first to pray about it long and hard. And I would tell them I could take it to Congress for them, or I could put them in touch with Congress, but I would advise them not to do it. So you would legitimately try to protect one of your colleagues from doing what you have done? Absolutely. And how do you think that solves being able to shine light on corruption, weaponization, any kind of misconduct that exists with the American people? It doesn't solve it. But the FBI will crush you. This government will crush you and your family if you try to expose the truth about things that they are doing that are wrong. And we are all examples of that. Now think about what he just said. And that didn't move a single Democrat on this committee to ask a serious substantive question. There they were with the character assassination. And I'm, I'm, I got to believe from what I was listening to that they got some of the po- uh, talking points from the FBI. Now listen to this Stacy Plaskett again, a delegate from the Virgin Islands. Cut six, go. Less than two months ago, former President Trump facing mounting investigations. Okay, so let's stop right here. What in the hell does Donald Trump have to do with this? Absolutely nothing. What does local law enforcement and the accusations of systemically racist have to do with this? Absolutely nothing. What does the defund police movement have to do with this? Absolutely nothing as criminals have been unleashed on the citizenry of these cities. Those of us who are calling for slashing the FBI, their budget, slashing their personnel, we're doing so because the FBI is taking a position within our government that doesn't exist in the Constitution that is way, way, way too powerful for a federal government. We're not talking about 13 or 14,000 police departments. We're talking about a federal agencies that, that, that tentacles keep reaching out and out and out and as a history of politicization. I'll be right back. Now, I know you guys are worried. Federal Reserve staff said banking crises fallout could push the economy into recession this year. But you can do something about that. Learn how to protect the retirement you worked really hard for. I think a great way is to diversify with gold and specifically a gold IRA. That's right, physical gold in your IRA. My favorite gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals. You got to call these guys and learn how a gold IRA can help you. So if you've saved 100000 or more in a 401k or an IRA, call Augusta Precious Metals and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Tell them Mark sent you, and they'll give you a free gold coin when you open a gold IRA. Call Augusta Precious Metals today, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions. Get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. What a great company. Mark Levin. 
America's Tyranny Hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. There are very few formats in which this can be done. That's why it's important to do it. I have three hours. We take our time. Many of you are in your cars, driving home, or in your trucks. And you need to know what's going on under the dome in Capitol Hill and who's doing what. And the Democrats are running cover for the FBI, and the FBI is running cover for the Democrats. And the FBI is poised to interfere again in the presidential election. And the FBI is trying to get all its ducks in a row by silencing FBI whistleblowers who are not bending to their demands. And so while these three agents are being destroyed and have been destroyed. There is McCabe, who wrote a book, who's on CNN, who's getting paid by CNN. There's Comey, who's bounced around on TV, who was an adjunct or temporary professor at the University of Virginia. He wrote a book. And we can go on and on about people who lied before Congress under oath, whether it's Brennan or others. And they've done extraordinarily well. They land on their feet because they're on Team Obama or Team Clinton or Team Biden. But essentially, Team Democrat. It's incredible. So here is this representative, Stacey Plaskett, from the Virgin Islands. She's the ranking Democrat on the committee. And she's been trashing away, and she's obviously trying to work her way up the Democrat Party leadership chain. Cut six, go. Less than two months ago, former President Trump, facing mounting investigations into his many alleged crimes, declared that, quote, Republicans in Congress should defund the DOJ and the FBI until they can come to their senses. Now, let me say this. We didn't need Donald Trump to tell us that. We don't need anybody to tell us that. But is it not curious to, do, to you that the Democrats are not even curious about what's taking place at the department? Department of Justice, when they went after parents? When they were trying to put informants in the Catholic Church? Nothing? Yeah, or when they go after pro-lifers, but don't go after... Those trying to intimidate Supreme Court justices in violation of federal law? I mean, I don't need to go through all this with you. You already know. Go ahead. We all know that when Trump says jump, the Republicans in the House say... Ah, that explains it. So Trump says jump and everybody's jumping. Is that why these three whistleblowers came forward? And there's more than three. Is that why whistleblowers have come forward from the IRS? Isn't it amazing now how many whistleblowers are coming forward? Remember, there were, there were a dearth of whistleblowers coming forward. Now, now they can't stop the flow of whistleblowers. Isn't it amazing that over at the Internal Revenue Service, having gone after the Tea Party in 2010, that they literally pulled the criminal investigative unit that was looking into Hunter Biden off the job because the senior supervisor became a whistleblower given the obstruction of the Biden administration 
And there's some reports saying that that was dictated by the Department of Justice. And we're not fools here. We see what's going on. So now it's Trump. And now and now it's akin to defunding police forces. No, it's not. It has nothing to do with it. This FBI, which was really created by Theodore Roosevelt, is completely out of control. When J. Edgar Hoover ran it, the Democrats thought it was out of control after after the Democrat presidents were done using J. Edgar Hoover to go after Martin Luther King and to go after other people they disagreed with. We're talking about an out-of-control federal agency. I mean, an armed federal agency. Sylvia Garcia. She's another Democrat. Cut seven, go. This hearing is an insult to the brave whistleblowers out there who do risk their careers for the good of their country. Now imagine this- sitting there having your lives ruined and your careers ruined. And she calls you an insult. What the hell has this woman ever done for her country? Nothing. Nothing. Go ahead of embedded secret accusations puts at risk the critical role whistleblowers play in holding the power, uh, powerful accountable. Most whistleblowers aren't interested in, in being political pawns in congressional Republicans' games. Playing politics is holding up this scheme as whistleblowers will make other public servants... Why is this said to be Republicans' games? What's the game, exactly? What are the Republicans trying to do, exactly? If the FBI is doing the dirty work of the Democrat Party, if the FBI, like McCabe, whose wife ran for state Senate in Virginia as a Democrat, and he didn't recuse himself, they told me I didn't have to. Or Comey, we now know from the Dorm Report, has his DNA and fingerprints all over the efforts to take down Trump. These things are called out. Is that, is that not supposed to happen? One of these gentlemen today testified that he wasn't in favor of what happened on January 6th, the violence and so forth. But there were things that were taking place that the FBI was ordering that weren't appropriate. They were cutting corners and so forth. Is he not supposed to mention that? Just go along? Go ahead. All of coming forward out of fear they'll just be used. Mm -hmm. There you go. So each one of them was handed talking points to use in a coordinated assault against these three whistleblowers. And here's Debbie Wasserman Schultz. She's a complete sleazeball. Cut 11, go. So, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not aware that you're able to withhold information from the minority. Is it me or has her voice gotten lower, Mr. Producer? Let's start over. Go ahead. So, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not aware that you're able to withhold information from the minority that we would need to use to prepare for a... When it comes to whistleblowers, you're not. And I would just, I would just remind the committee, remind whistle- everyone, uh, look, Mr. when it comes Chairman, to whistleblowers, right. you are not. That's not right. 
It's it's shocking that the that's not right. It's shocking that fact, the gentleman so much about Mr. the whistleblower in the impeachment. It's shocking that the gentleman from New York of the information we had. You see, the Democrats. Let's stop. They just want to have a throwdown. They don't really want to, in any way, glean information. If they're not giving the information to the minority, we know why they're not. Does anybody know why? Raise your hand. Steve, there's dumb Steve in the back there, but Steve, Steve might be able to answer it anyway. Yes, Steve. No, Steve can't. Let's go to Sally. How about Sally? Can she answer it? I think Sally can. The answer is the Democrats will leak it, and then they will use it to attack the whistleblowers. Because they're not interested in determining what's taking place, or what has taken place. But let's step back. As a citizenry, we the people, let's step back and let's look what's been taking place here. If it were any other country, and they had something called the FBI, and they were shaking down parents at school board meetings, monitoring them, and they were trying to plan informants in the Catholic Church, one of the major churches in the country, And they were arresting and prosecuting individuals who were peacefully protesting at abortion clinics and sending SWAT teams to their homes in front of their children to arrest individuals whose lawyers had already said they'd happily bring them in peacefully. But they wanted a show. If these other countries had an FBI that was working with social media platforms to monitor to censor, to identify individuals who were threat because they opened their mouths and they challenged the medical and scientific fascists in Washington, or they challenged the phony climate change fascists, or if they challenged anything, or if they had an FBI that spent enormous resources trying to gather individuals who were not violent and did not enter the Capitol building on January 6th, but round them up and send SWAT teams to get them all over the country. If they had an FBI that was going after a former president from the opposition party, who now seeks to be a future president from the opposition party, What would we call that? What would we call that? And if we had individuals from that FBI who wanted to come forward and tell the world what was taking place, and they were trashed, personally character assassinated, with information provided to the Democrats by the FBI... What would we call that? We would call that totalitarianism. And what would we call a media that just sits there and either celebrates it or pretends it's not happening? We would call it a corrupt, Pravda-like, state-run media. 
when we step back and look at this, without interpretation, without static, and just look at it, is that not what we see? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, I know you guys are worried. Federal Reserve staff said banking crises fallout could push the economy into recession this year. But you can do something about that. Learn how to protect the retirement you worked really hard for. I think a great way is to diversify with gold and specifically a gold IRA. That's right, physical gold in your IRA. My favorite gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals. You got to call these guys and learn how a gold IRA can help you. So if you've saved 100000 or more in a 401k or an IRA, call Augusta Precious Metals and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Tell them Mark sent you, and they'll give you a free gold coin when you open a gold IRA. Call Augusta Precious Metals today, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions. Get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. What a great company. I don't know what it is with uh, computers in Florida, at least where I am. I'm going to give this one more try, and then I'm going to throw it in the Atlantic Ocean. But don't worry, environmental. Then I'll go retrieve it. Not. But I figure the salt will get to it real fast. It'll die a slow death. Won't it, Mr. Producer? All right, I've covered this sufficiently, I think. So you're going to have a good feel, those of you who were unable to watch it, of what was taking place. But there's one other aspect I want to hit on this. Epic Times, which is a great site. They say this. House Judiciary on May 18 unveiled a whistleblower report showing serious abuse and misallocations of resources of the FBI. One whistleblower told him, that is, Republican investigators, the FBI had become cancerous and has let itself become enveloped in this politicization and weaponization, echoing earlier whistleblower testimony that the FBI had become, quote, rotted at its core, rotten at its core, even though it says rotted at its core, it is clear from these disclosures, and especially in the wake of Special Counsel Dorm's report, the FBI has become politically weaponized, the report said. Now, if the Democrats issued a report like this under Donald Trump, they want to bring in Trump, uh, the sky would be falling. All hell would be breaking loose. Instead, we get crickets. Crickets. Among other findings, the report reveals the ways the FBI sought to inflate domestic terrorism figures. This is important. That's why I'm reading it. Particularly in regards to January 6th cases. According to the report, the FBI field office, WFO, pressured its Boston office to investigate 140 individuals in connection with January 6th. However, only two of the 140 people so much as entered the Capitol. Now, this fits with past allegations claiming the FBI has sought to inflate the number of domestic violence extremism incidents. Biden and Democrats have long claimed that homegrown terrorism is the greatest threat to American national security. And Republicans claim that the inflation of these numbers is to serve this narrative. In the report, they wrote, 
FBI leadership pressured agents to reclassify cases as domestic violence incidents and even manufactured cases where they may not otherwise have existed. This may have been a reference to the FBI's alleged role in the 2021 plot in some respects, not existed, to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. At least 12 FBI agents are accused of having participated in planned and encouraged the plot. The goal of these efforts, the report said, is to, quote, create the perception that domestic violence is, is, is organically rising around the country. Another finding in the report revealed Bank of America had provided the FBI with confidential information about its customers' bank transactions in Washington on January 6th. Those known to have purchased a firearm through their Bank of America account were bumped to the top of this disclosure. Customers were not informed of this transfer of data. If you have an account in Bank of America, get the hell out of there. And I have a feeling that's how this January 6th committee got my 13 emails. I don't know this to be the case, but AOL or somebody gave them to them. Other whistleblower allegations claim the FBI created a threat tag, a threat tag to target pro-life individuals and organizations in the aftermath of the Supreme Court's Dobbs decision. And we know about Matthew Halk. We helped break that story right here. Uh, with one of the uh, religious publications, I think it was Christian Life. So other whistleblowers claim, uh, backed by leaked documents, reveal the FBI also targeted so-called radical traditionalist Catholics, dubbing them, they even gave them a name, RTCs. Now that leaked document accused traditional and Latin Mass Catholic parishioners of being, of harboring white supremacism, quote-unquote and indicated the FBI intended to place informants in these churches. And the Democrats are playing cover-up. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. You know, the left, the media, the Democrats, you know, that whole menagerie. That whole melting pot of left-wing kooks. They're cheering on Disney. It's the only corporation they like, although they're liking more and more corporations. Have you noticed that over the last four or five years? How now the Democrats have moved towards the corporate world and Republicans have moved against it. But more importantly, conservatives have moved against it. And why? Because the corporatists, these boards and their directors, are leftists. They're pushing ESG and DEI and KGB, if you will. 
Now, Iger says, you know, here I was, I was going to spend a billion dollars on an office complex in the Orlando area. We would have had tens of thousands of employees, and now I'm not going to do it. And now I'm not going to do that. Because I'm not going to put up with what the governor of Florida has put us through. Disney is doing very poorly right now, as is its parent company. Iger is running the company into the ground, into the toilet. He's laid off thousands of employees. He spends very little time in Florida. He's based in California, where he's vetted by radical leftists and Democrats. And he is a political animal, and he pushes that agenda. Now, he, of course, can put his company's money wherever it wants. I just wonder what shareholders think of this. I would say to the shareholders of Disney, number one, why are you still there? But number two, I would ask you another question. Do you think they ought to build that office complex in California? where the personal income tax rate can go to 13%, or in Florida, where they have no income tax rate. You see, Iger's not making business decisions. And he's not being criticized for that, you see. He's a, he's a brave man standing up to DeSantis. Iger is making political decisions, just as Disney was making political decisions when it came to what was to be taught in public school classrooms. And Iger wanted to, when he took Disney back over like it's his own toy, much like Un takes over North Korea, Iger decided, I'll decide what goes on in these classrooms. But nobody elected Iger, who's based out of California. And so they're not going to put a billion dollars in an office complex. Now, let me ask you a question. People in Florida, as am I, do you even want Disney, under this leadership, expanding its footprint in the state of Florida, where it donates to Democrats, where it's going to promote a radical left agenda, Haven't most people come to Florida who've come here within the last 10 years to escape the kinds of policies that Iger and the Democrats support in California and the other dark blue states? The answer is yes. So if Iger doesn't want to put another billion dollars in Florida and doesn't want to hire a whole bunch of woke employees, I think that's a positive for Florida. And here's another reason why. Because the policies that DeSantis and his administration and the Republican legislature have put in place and are putting in place attract other companies with an enormous amount of money. Attract wealth, whether it's by individuals or corporations or families or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's pouring into the state of Florida. If he had bowed... If he had bowed down 
to Iger and Disney because they were the bullies. They were the bullies. It's up to the governor to protect the government schools. It's up to the, uh, the governor to protect the government colleges and universities. It's not, uh, you know, everything's not Disney University. Well, then maybe Florida wouldn't be such a place where people would want to come to escape. And so it's still net, not even a close call, that what DeSantis did and is doing is a positive. Now, I know President Trump's saying, see that? They lost a billion dollars. President Trump is responding out of pure politics, in my view. Because from a business perspective, Florida won't miss $1 billion invested by Disney over a period of years building an office complex. It won't miss it at all. Not in the least. Because other companies are coming in, other wealthy people are coming in, and they're contributing to the civil society that is the state of Florida. You're not getting implanted in the state of Florida this California ideology, which is utterly and completely destructive. So I know, all of a sudden, the left and the media are concerned, well, look at this, a billion-dollar investment. They're not concerned when it's an oil company. They're not concerned when it's Elon Musk. No, no. This, Disney, they've become... Disney-centric because Disney's so left-wing. Has anybody asked Iger? Can they even get close to Iger to ask him? You understand you're destroying the company. You understand that you've cost the company a fortune. You understand that people who have their pensions and their investments in our stock at Disney, they're losing value. No, instead they praise them. They throw them in front of their, their idiotic magazines that don't even really exist anymore. Iger. And what is this ideology? It's funny. It's an anti-growth ideology. Except for Disney. They can grow. But if you want to grow the electrical grid, you want to grow... No, no, no. You can't do that. Can't do that. And why is it that Disney was looking at building a billion-dollar complex in Orlando and not Sacramento? Because the business climate is a thousand times better. And yet, where's he going to go now, Iger? Texas? Tennessee? Where's he going to build it? Shareholders ought to get involved and they ought to ask. Well, they ought to encourage my buddy Pete Flaherty, who took on, uh, oh, what the hell's the guy's name? I can't remember. The number two billionaire in the, uh, in the country. Who took him on? Warren Buffett. Because uh, Pete's not afraid of anything. He'll walk right in there. He's an activist. He's an old-timer. You know, we old-timer activists get a lot done. A lot of these younger guys... All they do is talk and write books that nobody buys or read. But Pete and I go way back. Pete 
It's running the National Legal and Policy Center when I was running Landmark Legal Foundation. He was taking on these corporate types while we were litigating for school choice, among other things, litigating against the IRS. And Pete will take on Iger and Disney, and he should. But again, let's take a look at this, particularly when we come back, when we have a little more time. You cannot let these corporatists run America because it's one thing to have businessmen who are really focused on business, running things, entering government, and that sort of thing. But it's another thing to just have another woke political hack dressed up as a businessman using the monies from a company that, in this case, Iger never built. Walt Disney built it. And it got bigger through... You know, one company buying another, acquisitions. Acquisition, ABC Corporation purchased Disney. I think. Or the other way around. But Disney, Disney's been used as sort of a, a, a money, a profit center for other companies to purchase. But he's never really built anything, Iger. He's never really created anything. But he's going to tell everybody else what to do. All right, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Remember the last time you got a quote-unquote free phone? You started out feeling great, then came the hefty activation fees, four-line requirements, and, of course, the binding contract. Don't fall for it again, folks. Only Pure Talk gives you a free 5G Samsung Galaxy phone without the feeling you've been duped. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, and unlimited data plan with Mobile Hotspot for just 55 bucks a month and get a 5G Samsung Galaxy for free. That's right, unlimited everything at a fraction of the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Here's another thing. You'll be on America's most dependable 5G network. How do I know? I'm a customer. Make the switch to Pure Talk, the wireless company I'm proud to stand behind, because they're proud to stand behind me and you. Just dial pound 250 and say Mark Levin, and you'll get a free Samsung Galaxy when you sign up for unlimited talk, text, and unlimited data. Again, go to puretalk.com, use promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, to start saving today. You know, I wanted to mention the passing of six days ago, although I found out about it a few days ago from my wife. Uh, Really a pioneer, a very, very courageous man, cardiologist who worked in the Washington, D.C. area, Dr. Askawi. And he was a doctor, cardiologist, my mother-in-law, he was a deeply kind man. I spoke to him a few times. My wife spoke to him often, um, as did my mother-in-law. He was way ahead of the curve. He was denounced. In many cases, he was ignored, and he was a genius. He was a brilliant man, but he had a huge heart. A very, very decent guy. And, you know, and he would encourage people to get these over-the-counter 
non-toxic medicines, in some cases that have been used since the 1940s, hydroxy as an example, which is what I took for a period of time. And he was so right on so much. And he passed away. I still don't know from what. He passed away suddenly. People pass away suddenly. It can typically be an aneurysm, heart attack, fatal stroke. I don't know. There's no point in guessing. But he really was a true gentle giant of a man, I think. He really was. And during that period, you know, he really separated the men from the boys. And he was, he was a man who stood up. It's fantastic. But anyway, he passed away. So I wanted you to be aware of that. Um, I think you can Google it if you don't know who he was. But I doubt uh, you won't find much about why he passed, and I'm sure the family wants to keep it that way. That's fine. All right. Here's what I wanted to hit. Washington Post. Fresh blackout threats emerge as power grid faces a stressful summer. So they're preparing you. And they want you to believe this is climate change. They want you to believe it's the problem that's going to cause this. Nation's power grid is in precarious shape, heading into what could be an especially hot summer. According to the regulatory authority that monitors the electricity system, with much of the country at risk for outages if it experiences scorching weather, scientists say, looks increasingly likely. While the seasonal electricity forecast is more optimistic than it was last year, when much of the Midwest and, and Southeast was so short of power that the regions were on high alert for energy emergency. It points to an unnerving summer ahead. The report comes as scientists are tracking a developing El Nino. Here you go. An El Nino weather pattern that threatens to cause temperatures to spike and big storms to form in the coming months. Now, I would ask you folks, do you ever remember getting reports like this before? That we're going to have brownouts and blackouts if it's a really hot summer. What typically happens in the summer? They can be really hot. There is no specific temperature that you're going to have in the summer across the nation. Some are hotter than others. But this one's going to be a scorcher. Because of El Nino. And we know why El Nino's out there. Climate change. We've never seen anything like this before in the history of man. Even before the history of man. The mid-Atlantic and southern states are the only areas of the country where the North American Electrical Reliability, NERC, is not warning of potential for outages in the event of prolonged and intense heat waves or monster storms. Folks, the only reason we're vulnerable is because Biden and the Democrats have made us vulnerable. Of course, if it's a hot summer, more people go on the electrical grid. Now we have more and more um, automobiles and other things using the electrical grid. At the same time, the EPA and the Department of No Energy are putting in regulations that are enormously expensive. 
that are reducing the ability to create the energy we need. And, oh, look at this. And so what's going to happen here? They're going to use it as propaganda to do even more damage. Many energy scholars say that while the rapid shift to cleaner energy does add to the challenge of modernizing the grid, other factors play a much bigger part in what are becoming annual summertime energy shortage anxieties expected to persist for years. Wow! Wow. I wonder what's doing this. I wonder what's doing this. You see, man-made climate change not man-made economic degrowth is causing the problem. You are, quote, the extreme weather that is hitting a wider swath of the country is putting more pressure on the system, said Bill Dugan, a director of customized energy solutions, a Philadelphia firm that advises clients on electricity markets. Yes. So a lot of these coal plants that are shutting down, He says, compounding the challenge is that many coal plants are shutting down earlier than initially planned. Okay. Comma. Uh Uh-oh. Not because of regulatory deadlines, but because they're not economical to operate. Oh, because they're making them not economical to operate. That's why these plants are shutting down. The system can bring in a lot more wind, a lot more solar, Mora said. We say bring them on, but we don't want to see Cliff's Edge fossil fuel power plant retirements that come without a lot of warning and not a lot of opportunity to plan. It all points to too little energy available at the same time demand is soaring. They're going to blame the coal companies. They're going to blame the oil companies. They're going to blame climate change. One thing they are not going to blame is their regulations, which is destroying access to a lot of our fuel. I'll be back. Remember the last time you got a quote-unquote free phone? You started out feeling great, then came the hefty activation fees, four-line requirements, and, of course, the binding contract. Don't fall for it again, folks. Only Pure Talk gives you a free 5G Samsung Galaxy phone without the feeling you've been duped. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, and unlimited data plan with mobile hotspot for just 55 bucks a month and get a 5G Samsung Galaxy for free. That's right, unlimited everything at a fraction of the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Here's another thing. You'll be on America's most dependable 5G network. How do I know? I'm a customer. Make the switch to Pure Talk, the wireless company I'm proud to stand behind, because they're proud to stand behind me and you. Just dial pound 250 and say Mark Levin, and you'll get a free Samsung Galaxy when you sign up for unlimited talk text and unlimited data. Again, go to puretalk.com, use promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N podcast, to start saving today. The cost of freedom is high, but this phone call is not. Call Mark Levin toll-free at 877-381-3811. This Washington Post piece is unbelievable. These supply chain issues triggered by the pandemic 
They're adding to the challenge of stabilizing the grid, according to the North American Electric Reliability Corporation forecast. There's a shortage of transformers, quote, as a result of production not keeping pace with demand, unquote, leaving many utilities with low levels of emergency stocks that are used for responding to natural disasters and catastrophic events. Ladies and gentlemen, we have or had a diversity of reliable energy sources, coal, natural gas, oil, diesel as an offshoot of oil, electricity, often one relying on another. We killed the nuclear power industry in the 70s for some reason. We're going to kill the oil industry, so oil and natural gas. We're going to kill coal, and then we're going to wonder why we don't have enough electricity. Yes, of course it gets sometimes blistering hot. And sometimes it gets, you know, iceberg cold. That's the nature of the beast. That's Mother Nature, and she's a real mother. A woman. And then they say, so all this, so, so the supply chain, we still have a supply chain problem. The pandemic's over, but we still have a supply chain problem. Inflation is also creating problems, they say. Well, who created inflation? Government created inflation under what administration? Under Biden. Inflation's also creating problems, the Post writes. The report says a shortfall of labor and supplies as a result of broad economic factors is inhibiting maintenance of key infrastructure. As a result, the regulatory agency found some power companies are delaying or canceling maintenance that can be key to preparing sections of the grid for the challenges of summer. So now all the excuses are pouring in. All the finger pointings pouring in. And not a single finger is pointed at the Biden administration or these Marxist bastards who have done this to us. Not a single finger is pointed to them. I mean, it's incredible. A few years ago, remember, they were taking down hydroelectric plants because it was affecting some bird or some fish or some snake or some damn thing. And so they, they systematically go through our energy system and destroy it. And then they say, look at this. We're not going to have enough electric, but it's going to be El Nino. It's a really damn hot summer. It's the people doing this. We need to take more of their liberty and more of their money. We need to force them out of their homes and out of their cars. By God. And when I say they, we need to be a little more specific. I make this mistake too. Who are they? Well, the American Marxists, we've talked about that. I wrote about that. We've all, I think, learned about that. But it's more than that, isn't it? Now they do. They they secrete themselves into the culture. And we've talked about that. But from a more political perspective, they control the Democrat Party. So the Democrat Party's doing this. 
The regulations come out of the federal government. And so the Democrat Party is doing this, the war on capitalism. And then when things actually happen, when you kill the golden goose, when you choke it to death, and the golden eggs aren't laid anymore, you go, wow, look at that. That's, that's unfortunate. But it's not us. We didn't kill it. No, 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 no. It's the supply chain. But you killed that too. And wait until they, as we talked at length about last night, wait until they kill the, the 18-wheelers. And that these trucking companies aren't going to be able to make it anymore. Wait till they do that. See what happens to the supply chain. They're just killing everything that is productive, everything that has worked for so long. And I wanted to under another, underscore another thing about the environment. Now, we touched on this several months ago, but I don't feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, that I did a good enough job explaining it. So let me give it another shot. In the 1930s, and particularly in the 1940s, a lot of infrastructure was built, particularly in the inner cities. There weren't a lot of suburbs back then. There were a lot of cities. I mean, there were some, but people pretty much either lived rurally or they lived urbanly. And so in these various neighborhoods, they might put a bridge. They might put an electrical, an electric power plant. Maybe there's a tunnel here and there. Infrastructure. Transportation infrastructure, economic infrastructure. Why? Why did they do that? Because that's where the people were. There wasn't a massive suburban area outside of Washington, some suburbs, just not this massive suburban area we see now or with any city. There were suburbs, just nothing like we know today. Most of the people lived in the cities, or many did. And so this is where they needed to put the infrastructure. Now, the big wave of black migration into the north, there were really two. One was after the Civil War. People escaping the Klan and the other Democrats to come north to get jobs and so forth. But there was another one. In the 30s and 40s. Many, many blacks leaving the south because of segregation and other abuses and looking for jobs. And the jobs were in the cities. So they came to the big cities, most of which were in the north. But most of these roads and tunnels, electrical plants and so forth, they weren't built because they were black communities. They weren't built in these cities because white people didn't want them in their neighborhoods, so they put them in black neighborhoods. Many of these neighborhoods were white. 
many of these neighborhoods were white. You can go check yourself in your own cities or cities near you. My family, most of whom came from Russia, they eventually migrated to North Philadelphia in the early 1900s. My parents, when they got married, they lived in North Philadelphia in a basement apartment. So we're talking there about the 1940s. Even the early 1950s. Now while minorities were moving into North Philadelphia, and while North Philadelphia was becoming increasingly black and so forth, it wasn't a quote-unquote black community. It was mostly a white community, but it was a mixed community in many ways and so forth. The bridges were already there. The infrastructure was already there. Now, it might have been expanded or added, but it was there. So these things in North Philadelphia weren't put in North Philadelphia, which is now a majority, a major majority black, because black people were there. And so you really need to look into these things when you hear the racists, the modern-day racists spouting off, like Buttigieg and Biden and so forth. We need transportation justice, they call it. Transportation justice. Where more funds have to be spent in this area because of this group and that area and that group because they were abused when the initial infrastructure went in. But in many cases, maybe not all, but in many cases, that's simply not true. I'll give you an example that many of you will be familiar with. You've heard of now Palestine, Ohio. Most of us never heard of it before until there was that derailment, right? And the toxic fumes are in the air and Biden still hasn't gone there. That track goes through that little town. That little town is a significant majority white. So the tracks weren't laid there, keeping in mind who lives in that community. Oh, are they whites there? Yeah! Blacks? Yeah, well, let's put the tracks down, Frank. Yeah, exactly. That's not how it works. If you're running a business, you're trying to do that which is most efficient. What is the best way to get from point A to point B? All right, put the tracks through Palestine. And there are little towns like that all over the country. And there are big cities all over the country with railroads and so forth. And they've had them for a hundred years or more. They weren't put there before. Oh, it's a black community. I lay the track here. It's not how it works. And yet that's what they, they insist that you think. Why? Because Buttigieg and Biden, other than taking a, uh, a, a federal government by you, subsidized railroad system, these people don't know a damn thing about infrastructure, roads, highways, turnpikes, bridges, tunnels. They don't know anything about the electrical grid, why there's an electrical 
you know, in some places you go to these big green boxes. They got all this kind of weird stuff like it's like it's Tesla. I don't mean the car company. I mean Tesla, like it's Tesla who's who's doing experiments 100 years ago with electricity. Those are crucially important. I'll call them energy centers. It's not what they're called. I just want to use plain English. To ensure that the communities in and around those big green boxes get electricity. They weren't put there to discriminate against people. They're put there to get electricity to people. And so everything that goes on in this white dominant, white privileged society, according to critical race theory, was done because of race. And so now you hear it. Transportation equity. Environmental equity. This equity and that. All it means is the government wants to take over, wants to centralize power. The Democrats are in the lead. And anything and everything that came before is to be attacked. Your children and grandchildren now graduate from college fully indoctrinated with critical race theory and transgender ideology. Did you ever think you've heard this phrase, transgender ideology? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Remember the last time you got a quote-unquote free phone? You started out feeling great, then came the hefty activation fees, four-line requirements, and, of course, the binding contract. Don't fall for it again, folks. Only Pure Talk gives you a free 5G Samsung Galaxy phone without the feeling you've been duped. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, and unlimited data plan with mobile hotspot for just 55 bucks a month and get a 5G Samsung Galaxy for free. That's right, unlimited everything at a fraction of the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Here's another thing. You'll be on America's most dependable 5G network. How do I know? I'm a customer. Make the switch to Pure Talk, the wireless company I'm proud to stand behind, because they're proud to stand behind me and you. Just dial pound 250 and say Mark Levin, and you'll get a free Samsung Galaxy when you sign up for unlimited talk, text, and unlimited data. Again, go to puretalk.com, use promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, to start saving today. Let's get a call already, Mr. Producer. But before we do, I want to talk next hour about some of this reparation stuff. Only $14 trillion. That's what Cori Bush says we owe. We being America to Americans. Who the hell does she think she is? Big mouth. Happens to get elected to Congress. And starts telling us, we the people. That we owe $14 trillion to people that we never did a damn thing to. And to many people who don't even ask for it. Is there some great juggernaut of people demanding reparations? I'm not even seeing it. I see politicians doing it, Democrats. I see some people showing up at events, a couple hundred. But I don't see any great juggernaut for reparation. It's the Democrat Party. The more we're divided, the more powerful they become. But I want to deal with that in a little bit, in a very thoughtful way soon. And we, uh, 
I thought I dealt with it, and now it's back. It's just back. It's just remarkable. The power hour is next. I shall return. Are you an individual or business owner facing the heavy burden of back taxes, levies, or wage garnishments? Life's challenges, especially those brought on by the economic impact of COVID-19 and inflation, can take a toll on your financial well-being. Now, the IRS has eliminated over a billion dollars in tax penalties and interest for back taxes. America First Tax Group is here to help you claim your share of these billions in tax relief before the IRS can claim the government share and clamp down. Call them now, 800-806-1299. The IRS has people working to collect your money, but it's time to turn the tables, folks. America First Tax Group is a full-service tax boutique that puts clients first. They understand the stress of dealing with tax problems, and they will be your guide through the process. Don't wait. Time is of the essence. Call America First Tax Group. Here's the number. 800-806-1299. 800-806-1299. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Levin. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I want you to listen to two people. Katie Porter, who's a clown show all by herself, and she's running for the Senate in California. Her husband has claimed that she used to abuse him. And it is also said that she abuses her staff. But she votes the right way. That's all that matters. Much like Fetterman. And Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who is, uh, well, a whack job. So let's listen to these two things and let's see if they make any sense. So what we're going to do here is try a little game here. Mr. Producer, we're going to play Katie Porter and Cut 15. I'm not going to say a word. Then we're going to play Debbie Wasserman Schultz on Cut 18. You'll go straight to her. Again, I'm not going to say a thing. And then I want to know from you what you notice. So, Mr. Call Screener, let's have a couple of lines open. A couple of lines open. Mr. Producer, you're going to have to monitor this for me since I can't pull up the screen. Cut 15, go! Are you willing to support a bill that does include some increased work requirements for things like SNAP, food stamps, or TANF, cash aid, maybe Medicaid? These work requirements are designed to punish people who need help. Everybody would love to be having a full-time job, being able to make ends meet, and not being relying on these government programs. The research is really clear. These work requirements simply don't work to force people into the marketplace. What they do do is inflict harm on children and our seniors. I think President Biden should should hold the line on this. this. We want every American who can work to do so, but the best way to have them do 
do that is to make sure that they have access to the food and medicine they need to thrive and be able to go out into the marketplace. I really appreciate you shining a spotlight on this horrific situation that is wholly the responsible responsibility of Ron DeSantis, our governor, uh, who has created a nightmarish culture of fear for immigrants in our state. Uh, not only that, uh, but like you referenced when uh, Arizona did the same to uh, to their immigrants in their in their state, he's going to devastate our economy. Tourism, construction, agriculture. I mean, you're going to have vegetables rotting in the fields. You're going to have construction sites that will lie dormant uh, or certainly will struggle to get workers to be able to, uh, to, to, to help make sure that they can make progress. The tourism, is it tourism and restaurant industry in particular you know, rely on, the, on these workers. Did you catch any of that, Mr. Producer? You have? I had to point you in the direction, you're saying? Do we have any callers there? We probably don't get them in time. We can't get them up in time because our call system is all screwed up. All right. You pick that up, right, America? So here we have one radical Marxist Democrat saying work requirements are designed to punish people who need help. Then we have another radical Marxist Democrat saying, who's going to pick our food and work at our restaurants, in our hotels and tourism? Who's going to work at our construction sites if we don't have, you know, 50 billion illegal immigrants crossing the border? And this is the problem. They're both buffoons. They're pushing their ideology. And she's a liar, Porter is, about work requirements. Work requirements were first put in place during the Reagan administration. And we saw that the welfare rolls went down. They were put in place again during the Clinton administration, thanks to Newt Gingrich. And we saw that the welfare rolls went down. People still can get benefits, but they have to contribute to society. That's what we've seen. So Hakeem Jeffries is on the side of, no, 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 nobody should be forced to work. We got all kinds of cool handouts. Here we go. Cut 14. Go. This is hostage taking, and they are trying to extract ransom notes. Oh, I got the wrong one here. All right, but let's go anyway. He finishes it at the end. Default. Now, in 2018. Actually, I don't think this is the right one. Anyway, what he says is work requirements for able-bodied welfare recipients. We're talking about basically single individuals. He says are extreme and irresponsible. It's at the end of the cut, then go ahead. 145 House Republicans voted against so-called work requirements in an amendment to the Farm Bill that would have imposed such requirements on SNAP recipients. 145 Republicans, including the current Speaker of the House. So the notion that they want to now lecture us in the context of trying to avoid a default about so-called work requirements is extreme and irresponsible. So you got to listen very carefully to what he said. So the Democrats put up a bill that's focused exclusively 
on Republicans, on farmers, in 2018, in order to make points by saying, look at this. The Republicans say, well, that's not the way this works. The Republicans are proposing work requirements for everybody. For everybody. Whether you live in a city, whether you live in a... It doesn't matter. The Democrats didn't do that. And so another propagandist, Hakeem Jeffries, gets up there and spews his stupidity. And so the Democrats firmly do not believe people should work for welfare. Even if they can. We're talking about able-bodied individuals. And that's what we're talking about. Individuals. Grown men. Who won't work. I live in an area in Florida. I've told you about this before. We do. And I'll drive down the road and then move here, turn there, turn there. And there is a little public beach. And in the middle of the day, the parking lot is full. People have surfboards. They look to be in their 20s and 30s. And they're having a grand old time, Mr. Producer. On our dollar, obviously, or their parents, but probably ours. Meanwhile, Debbie Wasserman Schultz says we need to have an open borders because who's going to work? So they subsidize non-work by Americans, and then the border's wide open, and they subsidize illegal immigrants to come in, supposedly the work. But what if I'm an illegal immigrant and I don't want to work? Well, you can't force me to work. It's extreme. It's racist. And remember how they voted in 2018 when it came to the farms. Every stupid argument, every excuse. Is this not stupid? But this is what we deal with now, with Democrats. Now, I said I wanted to discuss reparations again, because it keeps coming up. And when we discussed this last time, I said the people pushing it will never be satisfied. No matter how much money is paid, it won't matter. I mean, even putting aside the complexity of this, it won't matter. $14 trillion. Cory Bush said that if you really figure out something, she had like 200 million hours and this, that, and the other, she said it really comes to over $90 trillion. So her proposed bill is actually quite stingy. It's quite stingy. She's a spendthrift. It's only $14 trillion. Now this is an effort to once and for all put the nail in the heart of our economic system and into our diversity as a nation. Any level of unity will be killed and the Democrats don't give a damn. They didn't give a damn during the Civil War, and they don't give a damn now. They don't care if this country's torn into a thousand pieces. Besides, they have the FBI behind them. What's the problem? And they're working on the military with the wokeism there. I mean, think about this. No problem. No problem at all with reparations. I think most of us think slavery was a bad thing. A horrendous thing. 
And I don't think we just woke up one morning in 2023 and figured that out. The nation went to war with itself. There are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of casualties. The people who died on the battlefield fighting slavery, fighting to keep the Union. Do their families demand reparations? These are soldiers who died fighting against slavery. Do they get anything? How come we never talk about them? Because it doesn't fit the narrative. Now, slavery was a long time ago in this country. It was horrendous. There's no excuse. There's no justification for enslaving another human being. Nobody believes that more than constitutional conservatives and libertarians. Nobody. The Democrat Party was built on and segregation. And it's built on racism. Just depends on the decade what kind of racism. The Republican Party was never built on racism. Ever. In fact, the Republican Party was officially founded in 1854 as an abolitionist party. It had different strains to it. And I might add that Abraham Lincoln got, I think it was 39% of the popular vote when he became president in 1960. If we didn't have an electoral college, Abraham Lincoln would not have been president. Oh, Mark. We'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Well, you know what I think I'm going to do, Mr. Producer? I think I should retire, you know. Oh, yes, I don't do anything. Uh, I was just informed of this today. All we do here is talk. I mean, it is talk radio, right? I just want to make sure I'm in the right place, Mr. Producer. Or appear on Fox. Fox is a TV network, right, Mr. Producer? The country's going to hell. And we need to leave it to the young guys to save us. The up and coming draft of conservatives and media and 
working in magazines and for think tanks because they're going to save the country for us if we just get out of the way. Oh, yes. If we just get out of the way. See, they don't really believe in competition of ideas or anything. No, just get out of the way. And after all, they've contributed so much to the country in their short lifetimes. I mentioned their names, Mr. Producer, nobody would even know who they are. Here I am, I guess I'm just not up to it anymore. All we do here, ladies and gentlemen, is try and rally the nation, whether it's the Tea Party, whether it was the Reagan Revolution, Cruz and then Trump and now. It's all we do. It's all we do. Help rally the parents. Yep. Put ideas out there, thoughts out there, so people can use them and organize in their own communities. No, 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 you don't understand. We need our own Mussolini. Just need our own Mussolini. One person, just one person to take charge. You know, my great friend Rush Limbaugh, he understood the stupidity of people who made those arguments. He was challenged over and over and over again by people who wanted to be in radio, by podcasters, by columnists. And he defeated all of them. You know why? Because they didn't have any new ideas. They didn't have any magic dust. They weren't very good at communicating or writing or any of these other things. They lived in a bubble. There was a reason Rush had 20 million listeners. I would argue probably 30 million. There's a reason we have 14 and a half million. You're not stupid. You're smart. You decide who you want to listen to, who you want to watch, what you want to read. I can't force it on you. Nobody can force it on you. And so we have backbenchers. Particularly young backbenchers. They're very, very smart, don't you know? Just ask them. Just ask them. See, when I was a young guy, when I was their age, I wanted to learn from the Bill Buckleys, from the Milton Friedmans, from the Walter Williamses. I wanted to learn from these men and so many more. And that's why they all became my friends. That's why we were all able to communicate with each other. When I started out as a lawyer, I didn't want to stay with a corporation. So Landmark Legal Foundation is where I went. For decades, we litigated school choice. And we litigated against the IRS. And we litigated, I mean, it was really a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. And the donors and the other individuals, they made a difference. It was important. Every individual doing what they can for the cause. But with people today with minuscule podcasts, 
minuscule followings on the various social sites, minuscule number of people who read their columns, who keep shooting upward rather than learning. These are the losers. Some will learn. We've had people on this program who've been substitutes. They are fantastic. The Ben Shapiros. The Dan Bonginos. Hell, I'm fans of theirs. And others, too, who come on now. Ben Ferguson. Larry O'Connor. Others, right, Mr. Producer? Brian Mudd. Zioli from Philadelphia. It's a really, really talented people. I think they're the future. When people like me die off, those are the guys who are the future. If not the present, I'll be right back. You know, sleep, especially as you get older, is so critical, especially that deep, comforting sleep. Go to helixsleep.com, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com, and take the sleep quiz. I took it and was matched to the Midnight Lux. Helix knows that everyone's unique, so they have several different mattress models to match your body type and sleep preferences. Once you match, your mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. They have a 10-year warranty, and Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans. So a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. So go to helixsleep.com slash Levin, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash L-E-V-I-N, and use code HELIXPARTNER20. That's HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long, folks. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Mark Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. I meant to mention Thomas Sowell is one of the greats. You know, I let off my first Life, Liberty, and Levin with uh, Walter Williams. And... Um, when Thomas Sowell's last book came out, he asked to come on my Fox show. Because it's very important that you give them time, you have a bit of an intellectual discussion. Victor Davis Hanson and I are very tight. But it's not a matter of name dropping, it's a matter of understanding the men from the boys and the women from the girls, the wannabes and the reals. You got other young people out there quite good, Vince Colonnais. Katie Pavlich, Amelia, uh, Emily Campagna, Lisa Booth. Can't name them all, but there's a very strong farm team. And not just farm team, a lot of these people are very, very important today. But then there's the wannabes. They're not important today, and they won't be important tomorrow. And they know who they are. They don't want to understand. They don't want to learn. They know everything, just like Marxists. They're just like Marxists. They want to change the world, and they want to change it right now. And they want to change it from behind their microphone, even though nobody can hear them. Hello? Hello? Hello. Unbelievable, really. LeBron James. 
He's the number four highest paid athlete in the world. And most of the money that makes him the number fourth paid athlete in the world comes from non-basketball activities. Of course, basketball is what makes him rich overall, $44.5 million. But an even bigger, Breitbart writes, $75 million. And by the way, there's a lot of great young people there, too. $75 million off the court. And of that $75 million, about half of it comes from his association with Nike. And, of course, they're associated with communist China. Now you know why LeBron James is constantly attacking America, but would never say a crossword against a genocidal, murderous regime in communist China. No offense, but he's bought and paid for by the communist Chinese. I mean, I got to tip my hat to Apple to some extent. Apple is trying to get out of there, slowly but surely. They're trying to do it under the radar, but that's going to be tough. They're moving a lot of their production across the border to India. To India. Now, many of you say, what about the United States? I don't disagree with you, but if they're going to do it overseas, don't do it with China. That's why I don't listen to what LeBron says. I could give it to him. When he starts talking about the Uyghurs and slave labor and torture and murder that's going on in these Uyghur genocidal death camps, then I might listen to LeBron. But otherwise, I have no interest in LeBron. Or Nike. I don't wear Nike either. By the way, it's very hard to find an American-made sneaker. Do you know that, Mr. Producer? A friend, a friend of mine has searched high and low. Mostly low. He doesn't get high. But you get the point. Now, there's some stuff made in Maine and so on, but it's not the kind of sneaker he needs, an athletic shoe. I said, well, then get whatever you want. Just don't get it out of China. We have two tremendous guests on Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday. Two tremendous guests. Victor Davis Hansen and former U.S. Attorney from Utah, Brent Tolman. He's the gentleman with a beard. And I'm going to tell you something. They are fantastic. And Brent Tolman states information about how to pursue the Bidens that even I had not thought about before. And he told me that any U.S. Attorney... And Washington, D.C. should be able to do it. He told me something else. Maybe we should save this for the show. What is today? Thursday? But I'm going to tell you anyway. I very much want you to watch this show. If you can't watch it live, you can DVR it now. You can set your recorder now. He told me that the former U.S. Attorney in Washington, D.C., Democrat had decided that there were maybe a score, give or take, of individuals that he wanted to prosecute. But Maine Justice said, no, we want to send a message here. We want you to prosecute hundreds of them. And because he was passive about that, they moved him out. And they brought in this guy, Graves. 
who was sending SWAT teams all over the country to go after grandmas and middle-aged electricians and carpenters and people who had not committed violence, some of whom had been waved into the building, most of whom were outside. So they got their hitman, the U.S. attorney. And remember, he laid the foundation for going after Trump with two grand juries. Then they brought in the other hitman from The Hague. Who's there now? Trying to stretch the law, stretch the limits of his investigation. But this is done at the direction of the Attorney General and the Deputy Attorney General, the Associate Attorney General and the Head of the Criminal Division, Maine Justice, which is filled with a bunch of radical leftist partisan Obama types. That's who they are. And they believe in using the law to advance their ideological agendas, which is beyond dispute at this point. Beyond dispute. So the former AG was forced out. Nobody's going to ever admit this, but he knows. He's a former, excuse me, the former U.S. attorney, because this is what he was told. And they brought in their hitman, who now is going after... Everybody and anybody, if they just can find them on Facebook or any other video or somebody calls them in, they send SWAT teams out to get them. And he said, I'm going to leave it. You'll see the interview. It's very, very important. And so that's Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time as usual. And if you don't think you'll be able to watch it live, you can set your DVR. And by the way. I'm not really good at this stuff, but it's pretty obvious. You can set your DVR. You can just set it once, so it just records every week at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Right, Mr. Producer? That's all you have to do. It's very simple. And uh, I think this Sunday show in particular is very important. You know, I get... We get a lot of input from you folks. I don't get it directly, but you send to other places, and it's shared with me, and you go on the Internet, and it's shared with me. And I think you're right. I do think you're right. And Mr. Producer, I think you're right too. I, I can't let this program be used by hustlers. I, you see, I wear my heart on my sleeve for you folks. So I'm all in, I got no problem with bringing really serious authors on this program. I really want to. Some of them are politicians. Many of them are not. But I must get five requests a week to blur books. And so I'm just going to blur books of those people who I think are really intelligent and have a good message to make and are friends of the show. Otherwise, why should I do it? I'm just I'm just lending my name to this sort of stuff. And that's going to stop. Or politicians. When they want something. Uh, we actually we normally block them <laughs> when they want something, but I have to like them or they have to stand for something. But if they just want to come on the show to hawk a book, I'm not going to do that. That's not going to happen. Therefore, you'll know, and we do this anyway, we're pretty stringent about it, but I'm going to become really iron grip stringent about it. The only authors we're going to bring on are authors who are truly, truly you know, worthy of your attention. I feel we've done that so far, 
But I want to really redouble our efforts because we get such a long list of people who want to come on or who want these blurbs. And so we, you know, we make a lot of enemies by saying no, but I, I want us to even be more attuned to this as much as we can. So we'll continue to have very interesting people as we do on Levin TV and as we do on the Fox show. Uh, but I just wanted you to know how careful we are and we're going to continue to be. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Have you gotten your letter from the IRS yet? These last few years have not been easy on the American family. And with tax season finally arriving, there'll be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them. Well, America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-806-1299. Hello, 800-806-1299. And you'll be in touch with the America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS and help put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-806-1299. That's 800-806-1299 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Levin. Again, 800-806-1299 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com. Dot com slash L-E-V-I-N. Let's take some calls, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go to Joe, Kansas City, Missouri. The great KCMO. Joe, go right ahead, please. Hello to the Paul Revere of the 21st century. Thank you. Aren't you nice? Thank you. <laughs> well, it never hurts to flatter. Uh, but <laughs> you're, it's true. And uh, to talk about the postal trucks, new purchase, the postal department's new purchase of electronic vehicle postal trucks to replace the fleet. Mm-hmm. Um, they're running uh, spots on the radio bragging about how good their no, new postal service will be with these new electric trucks. Mm-hmm. They regret, regret to say or uh, omit saying that it. It costs uh, cost the taxpayers $3.3 billion Mm-mm. when they c- could replace uh, the gas fleet uh, trucks for $135 billion. $135 and, uh, million. yeah. And I'm sorry, yes, million. So that's rather big savings. <laughs> uh, they, you uh, know what? The government doesn't care about savings, do they, Joe? Uh, no, uh, only about destroying the savings. I would say. That's right. They don't. They don't care. They uh, the money. It, it means nothing to these people. The more money they spend, the more power they have. They don't care if you have less money. They're going to do just fine. Here we have inflation slamming away at the average person, all people in this country. So what do they do through the back door? Some sleazy move. They give themselves a thirty-four thousand dollar raise on top of their hundred and seventy four thousand dollar salary how do they do that they're violating the constitution how did they get away with that well they got away with it by not calling it salary reimbursements for food for this for that for the other but the fact of the matter is it's another thirty four thousand dollars in their pocket and pelosi did that before they uh before they lost the majority 
All right, my friend. Well, thank you very much. Everything's going to get much, much more expensive, more inconvenient. If you're somebody that has to use a vehicle every day or a truck every day, the costs are going to become, you know, in the next few years, unbearable. The reliability of electricity is going to become uh, unbelievable. It's just it's just going to be a mess. And they're already whining. The Washington Post, you know, you got to look at certain publications and they're the tip off for what the Democrats are going to do and say. The compost and the slimes are two of the main ones. And they're going on about, you know, it's going to be a very, very hot summer, El Nino. And we're really not ready for, you know, this man-made climate change. And as a result of the pandemic, we're still having supply chain problems. Not one word about Biden. Not one word about their policies. Not one word about putting coal companies out of business. Their war on public utilities. Their war on the energy grid, the electrical grid. We talk about this every day, every time I, I look hard to find these things, because they pile up, and I want to make sure you're very, very clear about what's taking place. It's not industry. It's the Democrats. They're the ones doing this. It is the radical left. They're the ones doing this. And the post office. You know, I'm not one of those that makes fun of the post office. I actually think they do a hell of a job under the circumstance. It's just not easy. But their job is going to be much harder now because uh, these electric vehicles are just not as reliable. And because the federal government's involved, they're going to force all these federal fleets to be using electric vehicles, sucking the energy grid dry. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, the men and women who drive our trucks, thank you. The men and women, freedom fighters in Ukraine and Taiwan, we thank you. And you, the audience, God bless you. We can't not thank you enough. And I'll see you tomorrow. Be well. <laughs>